Hi there, my name is Marina Mitchell, and in this session we'll be diving into the topic of body image. I know, it's a loaded term, right? Like what is body image? How can we have a healthy one? Where did I get an unhealthy one? What does God think of me? Why do I care so much about what others think of me? How can I move into an acceptance of what I look like? These are some questions that if you've taken the time to listen to this, I'm guessing you've asked yourself before. I certainly have. And honestly, I still do. I wish I could see all of your faces as I talk to you. I'm an absolute people person, and I love to not only see your faces, but hear your stories. I feel it always makes me a better communicator and an educator. But I have to say, I think there's something pretty special and divine about the way these sessions have had to go audio rather than live, particularly when it comes to body image. When we're together in a group, depending on how we're feeling about ourselves or our situations on a given day, we could actually spend our group time completely distracted by others in the room. You could be comparing yourself to others, envying someone's hair, wishing you had so-and-so's body, admiring your neighbor's beautiful nails, or maybe eyeing the tan skin of the person in front of you. And all the while, your mind and your heart may not have been able to fully engage with the message. So wherever you are right now, take a deep breath and ask God what it is he wants to say to you through this session. Tell him that you're here to listen to him, maybe through some of the words I might say, or maybe he'll speak things into you that I don't say. He has the ability to communicate to you very personally. This is the beauty of our Father. He'll take my meager offering in this session and lovingly speak directly to your heart. And so, Jesus, that's what we ask right now, that your spirit will invade us. Please make us aware of the areas in which we are holding on to unhealthy thoughts or patterns. Break us free from the bondage of vanity, comparison, gluttony, self-sabotage, and anything else in us that needs to be released. We desire to become whole so that we can fully serve you, Jesus, with all that we are. We believe you will do this in the powerful name of Jesus. You should say amen right now. Can I get an amen? All right, let's go. Well, since you've been listening, you'll be listening to me um, for a little while. I'd love to share a little bit of who I am and why I'm passionate about this subject. We don't often get too passionate about any subject unless we've got some deep roots with it. I, like a lot of us, have walked through some deep waters when it comes to body image. And I just want to share my story with you guys as well as some truths that God has taught me in hopes that it will encourage your heart to greater wholeness in this area. I'm the youngest of three children, and I grew up in a home that was very less than ideal. My mom had four husbands, and I learned at a young age to just fend for myself. Because my sister and I were left home a lot alone, we ate. And we ate a lot, and we were both pretty chubby little girls. Sadly for us, food was the comfort when we were scared or alone or bored. So combine a bit of a chub with a freckled face uh, way before it was cool, right? Split front teeth and some cheap clothes, and I was not a child anyone would call attractive. I knew what pretty was. I had friends who were pretty, but I wasn't one of those, and I was more called bug eyes and thunder thighs than I was pretty. 
As I grew older, I began to feel God tugging on my heart and reminding me whose I was. But without the needed human support, I absolutely struggled to believe it. That went on for years and years and years, right? Well, in high school, I began to work really hard to thin down. I would crash diet for weeks, sometimes fast for days, just to lose some weight. And this all worked to solidify a pretty unhealthy relationship with food and a warped body image. I was always trying to look, striving to look different. I wanted so-and-so's hair, and I wanted the other girl's skin, and I wanted that girl's long skinny legs. I did not want what I had. Well, at that, um, all that dieting, uh, it gave me a pretty okay body, but I still wanted to be skinnier. Sadly, right? So my senior year in high school, my boyfriend of four years cheated on me and began to go out with other girls. It was incredibly devastating. His family had become like my family. It was awful, and I was physically sick for weeks. Each time I picked up food to eat, I would feel as if I were going to throw up, so I couldn't eat. Well, needless to say, my body responded, and within three weeks, I'd lost about 10 pounds. Um, side note on that, at 5'4", 10 pounds is a lot and was very noticeable. Even in this emotionally devastating time, I loved being skinny. For the first time in my life, people were complimenting me about my body and telling me how good I looked. I mean, I had never been skinny my whole life. All my clothes were falling off, and sadly, I loved it all. Now, as we know, this is unsustainable with healthy eating patterns, right? I mean, I had gotten this way from not eating at all. So, of course, I would begin gaining some weight back when I was able to eat. But I refused to gain any weight back. So, enter in obsessive exercise on stage left, right? I graduated high school and moved to another state to go to college near my dad. I left all my friends, the family I'd grown up with, and any stability in my life. I moved to a new state, a new city, got a new job, went to a new school, and was very alone. This is the year that God really got a hold of my heart, so I look back on it actually as one of the hardest and sweetest years of my life. The bad part about it all is that I was also fighting to stay skinny. Without going into too much detail, my body could only take so much, and I had many trips to the hospital that year, as my body was fighting constant inflammation from eating almost only fruits and vegetables. I exercised at least an hour a day, often much more than that, and I wasn't fueling my body. I hit a wall when I entered the hospital, which ended up being my final visit, thank you Jesus. And my dad asked me through tears if I wanted to die. That was the wake-up call I needed that helped me begin my healing journey. As I already mentioned, Jesus had a hold of my heart. And he was guiding me to those who could help me. And he was reshaping my thinking about myself. It kind of began right there. So at 19 years old, I started my journey of healing and trying to find gratitude for the body that he gave me. Now, at 48 years old, my legs rub together. I have freckly and now skin cancer tainted skin. I've had two C-sections, uh, and we all know what that does to the body. I have cellulite. I have very veiny and wrinkly hands. I have laugh lines around my eyes and saggy, small little boobs. 
I am nowhere near perfect. But God has shown me over the last, gosh, it's been almost 30 years of healing, that it's not about being perfect. It's about being healthy, thankful, and content. God has taught me this over and over for years. I entered the health and fitness industry shortly after I had my second child. Seriously, remember the C-section? I mean, who would have thought that post-C-section with a crazy toddler and a newborn that I'd be ready to jump into something new and scary and exciting? I've loved exercise since I can remember. And as I aged, I actually loved what it did for my mind and my soul and my body. So at 27, I became a fitness instructor and quickly realized this is what I was made for. I love being the voice in the gym or the club, reminding people that it's okay to not feel okay, and that the body they brought in is the one they need to find contentment with, and that there's no such thing as perfect. On the other side of that, we get to be as strong as we choose, and are typically stronger both mentally and physically than we think we are. Having the ability to empower people in this way is an absolute privilege, ladies. I don't take it lightly. I love it. In addition to being a fitness instructor and educator, I'm what we call a master educator for an indoor cycling company, and I work on their education development team. This means I get to teach and encourage the teacher. It is my dream job, and I, I do thank God every day. I'm so thankful. So I say all that because I want you to know that I come to you with the perspective of my own dysfunctional background that has blended with my positions in the fitness industry and I have seen so many myths debunked. So let's get that straight right away. There are myths that we're believing that keep us from experiencing contentment. Lord Jesus, would you show us please what those are so we can be set free? To me, healthy body image is not about being perfect at all. It's far from that actually. It's really focusing on the right things and consistently working towards acceptance and gratitude for how I'm created. One of the myths that we all tend to believe is this, if only I looked like her, I could be happy and content. It is not true. Believe me, I work with a lot of people that I would assume are completely content with their looks because they look perfect to me and beautiful. But you know what? They're also discontent. It's kind of like money. We think if we could just have more like so-and-so, we would be content. But there's never enough. Now, if I got to be with you in person like we had planned on, I would show you all the crazy, contradictory messages and pictures that our culture sends us daily, even minute by minute, hour by hour, um, of how we should look, right? You guys, it's wild. If you begin to look at the magazines, watch the movies, pay attention to the commercials, glance at the billboards, one picture is going to tell you that big butts are in. And in the next moment, the message will be saying that skinny is best. And one magazine cover will have this adorable, freckly-faced girl. And then flip the page, and there's a woman with porcelain-like skin. Wait, which one am I supposed to have? I don't know. Oh, I have to tell a super funny story here, and I promise I got my daughter's uh, permission. She has beautiful porcelain skin. And when she was in high school, that was super not cool, right? Freckles were cool, but she didn't have any. 
So many days she'd come downstairs on her way to school and she had used her eyebrow pencil to draw freckles on her face. For real. Like she wanted freckles and if she couldn't have them naturally then by golly she was going to draw them on. Incredible shock for me, right, who was called freckle face in my youth for having too many freckles. And that was not a compliment at that time. Well, I could go on and on, right? These are contradictory messages that we see and we hear every day. And guess what? It is a lose-lose for us. We'll never win. If we are dependent on others in our society and culture to approve of our appearance for our happiness, we'll never find it. So what do you say we find contentment in who we are and what we look like, like every inch of us today? Should we do that? Okay, so there are a gazillion ways to go with this, girl. So bear with me as I have such limited time to chat through all the things. I have chosen three truths to share that God has shown me over the years. And if you want to know more, chat through stuff, you can find me on social media, Marina Mitchell. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd love to connect with you, right? Because there's so many ways to go in this conversation. But I'm just sharing from my heart, my experience, what God has put on me, I think, to share with you guys. All right, so truth number one. We must run from cultural messages and run toward contentment. So it's easy when you're listening to something like this, and I know you ladies right now, some of you are like washing the dishes and you're folding laundry and you're taking your dog for a walk or a multitude of other tasks while you listen to this. But I'd love for you to take a minute and personalize this. Since I'm assuming you've agreed with me that there are far too many messages to try to follow and that it's impossible to make culture happy, name the messages you've seen from culture and society that you have believed. Try to come up with two or three right now. And it's totally okay. Just put me on pause for just a second. So now let's combat those lies with truth. That's one of my number one rules. If my feelings are not aligning with what I know to be true, I have to name the truths. So let's do it. In the main sessions for this Encourage Gathering, you were told all about how rooted and courageous and known and loved that you are. So I hope your heart is full of the truths about how God sees you. God shares with us in Psalm 139 that we were lovingly created by him. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows us full well. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is not a hair on our head that hasn't been counted by him as we are his loving creation. We are his workmanship created in his image to work for him. This is the truth, right? We are all his, and he created each of us very differently and uniquely. So no, we're not going to be the same as other women. So the question you need to answer at this point is, what about your body do you love? I know, I know, I know. It's not cool to brag, right? And you're like, oh, I don't have any. Yes, you do. We have to brag. We have to thank God for the things about our bodies that we love because he created them. So I'll go first, especially because I joked about all my imperfections. Well, some, some of them earlier. I need to rebut those um, things that I said with things that I love about my body. I have strong legs that carry me on many runs and help me do the things I love. 
I like being short and strong. I like my eyelashes. <laughs> I like my teeth. We were just talking about teeth before I came in here to do this recording because we can feel really insecure about our teeth. I like my teeth. And I like my little fingernails. I have really baby fingernails. Okay, I, that's enough. I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable. I know it's hard, but we have to do this. Please take a moment and acknowledge the things you love about your body. This is an important step in finding contentment. The last thing I want to encourage you to do in your pursuit of contentment with your body is to ditch the things that take you right back to the place of discontentment. What will you give up so that you can feel more thankful? What things do you do or watch or read that bring out a discontentedness or turn on the comparison game? Maybe the magazine that you always buy. Maybe you decide you can't watch certain shows because all you do is envy other women. Maybe you need to do a check of those you hang out with most often. Are they kind to themselves and pursuing contentment? Or are they chasing after things that make them look younger, skinnier, sassier, more beautiful? That oozes out right onto you as well. Uh, these are hard questions, but take a minute, pause the recording for just a second perhaps, and write down some things that you can move away from so that you can move towards contentment. All right, truth number two. There is an inseparable connection between body and spirit. Hang in there with me for the next few minutes as we dig into some scriptures and connections that we need to visit before we can move on. When I say there's an inseparable connection between body and spirit, here's what I mean. We'd like to separate our bodies from our spirit sometimes because we kind of like to do whatever we want with our bodies, but still be close to God in our spirits. Sadly, it doesn't work like that. 1 Corinthians 6 it's a teaching on sexual sin with the body, but it is clear that the premise of the truth is that what we do with our body completely affects our spirits. In the New Living Translation, in the New Living Translation, it reads like this. 1 Corinthians 6:12 says this. You may say, "I am allowed to do anything." But I reply, "Not everything is good for you." And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not be a slave to anything. So, according to the scripture, apparently, the church had been quoting, I can do whatever I want, quote-unquote. And Paul felt he had to address this issue. Because Christ died for us, and he forgives our sins, like making us clean and giving us a fresh start, some feel this gives us the right to live however we want in the body. I read something in a Bible commentary on the scripture that I feel sums it up like perfectly, so I'll read it straight from there. Many of the world's religions teach that the soul or spirit is important, but the body is not. And Christianity has sometimes been influenced by these ideas. In truth, however, Christianity takes very seriously the realm of the physical. We worship a God who created a physical world and pronounced it good. He promises us a new earth where real people will have transformed physical lives, not a, a pink cloud where disembodied souls listen to heart music. At the heart of Christianity is the story of God himself taking on flesh and blood and coming to live with us, offering both physical healing and spiritual restoration. We humans, like Adam, are a combination of dust and spirit. Just as our spirits affect our bodies, 
so our physical bodies affect our spirits. We cannot commit sin with our bodies without damaging our souls because bodies and souls are inseparably joined. Powerful stuff, right? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, that's not good. Because there is no editing. <coughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. Am I back? Yeah. You still with me? Okay. If there's any doubt about how our spirits affect our bodies, think of the many stories where a human lost the will to live. Maybe their spouse of 50 years passed away, and although their body didn't have any fatal disease, their spirit died within them, and therefore so did their physical bodies. On the other hand, our bodies affect our spirits. I mean, how many times have you felt horrible pain or exhaustion or chronic discomfort, and it absolutely affected how you felt in your spirit or processed life in your heart and soul? Proverbs 4.23 tells us to guard our heart above all things because it is the wellspring of life. The Hebrew, actual Hebrew, says, above all keeping, keep your heart. That is your mind and your thoughts, your will and your affections, which are the more immediate cause of men's actions. Did you know, I think you know this, but just in case, um, your mind is more powerful than your body? In 2 Corinthians 10.5, Paul is defending his ministry and he's writing about how we do not live by the standards of this world, that we're to take captive every thought we have and make it obedient to Christ. Do you know how many thoughts we have a day? According to the studies done in this area, we have 48 thoughts a minute, give or take. Girls, that is 70,000 thoughts a day. Wow, that is a lot of stuff to try to keep in control of, right? In this scripture, Paul is using some military language, and he's saying that God is our commander-in-chief, and we must submit our thoughts to his control as we try to live for him. Uh, okay, whew. I had a coughing attack right in the middle of that, um, and it was a lot. And you might be asking, like, what in the world does this have to do with body image? Well, I would argue that it might be one of the most powerful factors determining how we see our bodies. So let's revisit the scripture, 1 Corinthians six twelve. You may say, I'm allowed to do anything, but I reply, not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not be a slave to anything. So can you take a moment and ask yourself this question? When it comes to my body and my spirit, is there anything I am a slave to? What occupies your mind? Is there something that you feel you have to have or have to do in order to feel good about yourself or experience comfort? Obsession is not a popular word for us per se, but the actual definition is this. An idea or thought that continually preoccupies or intrudes on a person's mind. Because our minds and bodies are so interconnected, we need to seek Jesus for wisdom to see what we might be a slave to so that he can really have all of us. This is what will lead us to freedom and contentment. For the sake of time and being really direct here, I'm going to attack the two extremes that most of us swing toward in this area of our bodies. We can become a slave to one side or the other, depending on many factors in our lives. And these two extremes are vanity and gluttony. 
Both of these are sins. They lead us towards obsession with things outside of Christ, and therefore, they will result in discontentedness. From my story, you can guess which side I struggle with most often. Most of my life, I have believed that skinnier is better, so I became obsessed with being skinny, even when it became completely unhealthy for me. I was new to Christ, but it didn't take long for me to see that my pursuit of a certain body type was outside of what God wanted for me. Vanity is defined as excessive pride in or admiration of one's own appearance. Ew, yuck, like I did not want that. And so I fought this, and I fight this. Gluttony on the other side of the two extremes. Gluttony is defined as habitual greed or excess in eating. This is not the extreme I go to by default, but I can understand a little bit of it. My husband, however, struggles with this one, and I promise he gave me the permission to share this. He's like, share all my dirty laundry. That's awesome. He really doesn't care because he knows I don't speak um, out of experience on this side. He said, I look to comfort, or I look to food, rather, for comfort. He celebrates with food. He mourns with food. He loves food. And he often, as a Christian, will swing to this side with a bit of a, justica- a justification, like he doesn't want to be vain, so he's free to eat whatever he wants. And he knows those thoughts, however, are not in line with Jesus, because just as with vanity, the mirror can become your God, with food, your God can become your stomach. Again, whatever occupies your mind the most, it becomes an idol. So either end of this spectrum is idolatry and can easily and quickly lead to slavery. When I was preparing for this and I got this picture of these two extremes, I made a slide for you that clearly you can't see, Um, but when we're going to meet in person, right? And on one end is vanity and on the other end is gluttony and right in the middle of those two is contentedness. I bring up these two extremes because I think it's important for us to sit with our creator and lover of our souls and be open with what our tendencies are. He already knows, right? And as we begin laying out our hearts before the Lord, he begins healing. We want to be close to the Father, and we want to rid of what might put up barriers between us. So as we recognize and admit these things to the Lord, we actually begin to see ourselves more in line with how he sees us, which is the whole goal, right? As we are confident sitting with Jesus, knowing we are a slave to neither vanity or gluttony, we have a stronger resolve to find contentment with who we are and how we look and how we see ourselves. We see more clearly through the eyes of our maker. So in light of this and your knowledge of what side you might land on, I would ask you, what do you want? I got a chat, I got to chat, um, gosh, it's been months ago now, I guess, with a sweet gal, and she was lamenting over how she felt about her body. And I just asked her, what do you want? And she simply said, I just want to feel comfortable in my clothes and enjoy going clothes shopping because the worst part of my every day is having to get dressed. She had it dialed in. She knew exactly what she wanted. Awesome, I said. Now, what would make you feel better about this? And she said, well, I've gained a lot of weight as I've had very difficult past few years. And I said, okay, do you know what to do in order to lose weight? This is an important question, by the way, because some people may not. You may not know that. You gotta find the answer. 
And she said, yes, I do. I know what food works best for my body, and I just um, committed to having a new exercise partner, so I think I'm ready. And I asked, are you willing to do these things? So, guys, this is where the rubber meets the road, because if you're unhappy with your appearance and you know what you want and how to get there, yet you are unwilling to do it, then your only choice is to find contentment where you're at, right? I would just talk to the Lord about it. Make sure your decision is in line with what he has for you in this life. A long time ago in one of my classes, um, and I have to tell you this because it's really funny, she was talking to me about exercise, and it went down the road of how she wanted to lose weight. But she also admitted that eating sugary cereal in her bed every night was very important to her. To which I said, oh, well, I think you have your answer. Be healthy most of the time, but accept the results the nightly cereal gives you and be content. And she kind of looked at me like, really, I can do that? And I'm like, girl, this is your life. There is no perfect and there is no right answer as to how your body should look. So you get to decide. All right, so these examples that I keep walking through are about weight, but there are a lot more issues with body image, right, than just size. Hair, skin, facial features. Heck, I've heard women complain about their ears. So I'm going to go through a series of objective questions that I want you to ask yourself and just see where this leads you. Okay, so here are your questions. One, what do you want? If you tell me that you're not content with something about your body and I were to ask you, well, what do you want? what would you say? Number two, is your desire possible? Uh, because let's be real here. If you're saying you want a new face, um, like that's a no-go. Um, like I would personally like completely new skin, uh, but that's not happening. So find contentment right here and now and thank Jesus for your beauty. If your answer then is no, that it's not possible, then you got to choose something else, right? What do you want? <laughs> if your answer is yes, it's possible, then move on. Third question, is your desire healthy and in line with your bigger identity in Christ and calling in the world? If your answer here, this is a biggie, if your answer here is no, then reevaluate what you want so that it can line up with your bigger purpose while on this earth. Life is short, right? we got to make sure that our decisions and our um, pursuits, that they're all in line with why we're here. If your answer is yes, then move on. Question number four, do you know what to do to get there? If your answer is no, then you need to talk with someone who can help you find some answers or make some plans. If your answer is yes, then move on to the final question, which is this, are you willing to do what it takes? If your answer is yes, then go. If your answer is no, then you need to identify why and make sure you and Jesus are okay with your answer and then learn to be content where you are. This leads us right into truth number three. Your body, ladies, is a gift from God, and it is his holy temple. So honor your body. We need to honor it, yeah? Living our best lives and feeling the best in the bodies we've been given means we have to know how they function best. Just like we wouldn't put olive oil in our car and expect it to run well, we wouldn't dump dirty water into our cookie mix and expect it to taste good. We can't expect our bodies to feel their best if we're not doing what we know to be right when it comes to movement and nutrition. 
Honestly, one of the reasons I'm still the same size as I was in high school, well, besides I'm super cheap and I don't want to have to buy new, all new clothes, right? It's honestly because I feel great. I have energy. I can do the physical things I want to do without getting hurt. My mind is clear. I'm hydrated. I feel I can be what God has asked me to be because I am doing these things. I've learned what it takes for my body to feel good. And for me, it's worth the cost of keeping it this size. Now, that doesn't mean I don't struggle. I mean, I think chips and salsa should be a food group. So I have to check myself daily on that guy. I sit with Jesus and I ask him to show me what I'm becoming a slave to. And with the power of his spirit, I release it and I start over. There's no shame. There's no guilt. We repent and we move forward with his spirit guiding. And I just have to do a little side note here, ladies. Don't believe the lie that Satan would like you to believe, which is this. You're trapped. You'll never change. You have an eating disorder. You love food too much. You'll never break free. You're lazy. You're obsessed. Those are not from our God. Our identity is not found in any of this. So you need to claim freedom right now. Here's the truth. The power that God exerted in raising Jesus from the dead lives in you. Ephesians 1, 18-20 said this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Yes, Jesus, yes. Be alive in us, please, and guide us in this so we can be released and set free to live abundantly for you. Oh, that's my prayer. I want to address really quickly right now um, before we get into our last couple points. Um, there is a reality that some of us live with disabilities, right? We're in a wheelchair. Or we've had an illness or an accident that has left us permanently affected. Or we have scars that we'd like to rid of. If this is you, you may be like, Girl, I wish my biggest problem was freckles or losing a few pounds. For you, I pray for an overwhelming sense of gratitude from the Lord. As he always uses our hardships for his glory. And as we honor our physical limits and find contentment, it blesses him so much. And to be clear, I only address this so quickly because I'm not an expert or psychologist or therapist, and I'm mostly speaking from my experience in this. God is powerful and can intervene to help us find gratitude and contentment in any situation we find ourselves in. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, so super quick notes to end this honoring our body section. I'm thinking that these last few notes are common knowledge, so this may just be a quick reminder, but I cannot talk on body image with at least giving a shout out about how we can honor our bodies with how we eat and how we move. So, basic nutrition. Everything we put in our mouth affects our bodies and how we feel. We can heal diseases. We can reduce or eliminate inflammation. We can lower our stress hormones. We can increase our mental capacity. We can improve our physical performance, etc., 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 all by what we put in our mouths. Conversely, we can increase joint inflammation. We can feed diseases. We can increase our stress hormones and starve our bodies of what they actually need to thrive, all by what we decide to put in our mouths. 
So be wise in your choices most of the time. I mean, life is short, right? So eat the chips. But 85% of the time, make the best decisions that will honor the body that God gave you. That's my rule. I have an 85% of the time rule. That means I get to have like two cheat meals or whatever to just enjoy all the things that I love. All right, movement and how it affects us. One of my favorite quotes, phrases um, that one of my massage therapists gave me one time is motion is lotion. Because a lot of doctors sometimes will say, oh, you got that, and then you just need to quit moving or lay around for several days. And sometimes you have to do that. But for a lot of us, um, we need to move, actually, to heal. Because movement keeps your blood flowing. Blood carries oxygen. And oxygen is one of the main healing agents in our bodies. We need to move. I mean, literally, forget about burning calories and just move because of how it makes you feel. For some of you, in the moment, you hate it do it anyway. It'll make your body parts work better and give you the freedom to do things physically that you don't want to lose the ability to do, right? Some of you are gardening, some of you it's skiing, hiking, surfing, gymnastics, running with your children. I mean, you fill in the blank here. Some of us love to exercise and some of us would rather uh, get both of our eyes poked out. But at the end of the day, we have to move. So find movement that makes you the most happy or maybe the least angry, right? Whichever one suits you. At the start of my classes, sometimes I'll say, whether you find yourself at the corner of happy and healthy or grumpy and hurting, this class is for you, right? Honor yourself and the body God has given you. Take a deep breath. We did it. Okay, there are a million ways, again, we could have gone with this. But these are the truths that God's put on my heart. And I'm just going to sum them up really quick for you. So number one, dismiss culture's messages and honor your limitations. Number two, seek daily contentment, acceptance, and gratitude for what God has given you. Number three, be aware of any slavery that you are giving a foothold to and find some accountability to break free. Number four, know what you want and what you need to do to get there. Make goals if that helps and maybe find some friends to come alongside of you. Number five, do what's right most of the time and accept the outcome. That's a big one. We didn't hang on that very long, but if you are doing what is right and most of the time and the outcome is something other than what you would like, you've got to find contentment there. I cannot change my body type. You cannot change your body type. But do what's right so you feel good and accept the outcome. Do you know you are loved? You are seen? You are known? You are beautiful, and you have been made in God's image. Jesus, please fill fill us with the wisdom. Um, just, Just take on our part. And trust you with the rest as we find contentment in who you've made up, made us very individually and very uniquely. I do hope I get to meet some of you in person someday. Um, Remember, you can reach out on social media and I look forward to connecting. Great job, ladies.